I want you to open your Bibles, if you would, to Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans, the 12th chapter. That was beautiful songs, by the way. Praise the Lord. Roman, don't you like that setting up here once more? Just the, just the quietness of the, of the musicians. And that was a beautiful setting. Thank you, Angie. Romans, the 12th chapter. You know, we began last week talking about the three-dimensional aspect of mankind. I think today, you know, there's a real identity crisis in the earth. Man looks at himself in the mirror, and he thinks that this is who he is, and this is what he's going to end up with, not realizing that there is something on the inside of him called the spirit man that's made in the image and likeness of God. And last week, we read, and I, I want to go through this quick. I'm not going to rehearse a lot, but just want to say last week, the Apostle Paul, he wrote this letter to the church at Thessalonica, and there he confirmed by the Spirit that we are three-dimensional. Say, I'm a three-dimensional creature. Three Say, I am a spirit. I, am a spirit. I, have a I have a soul. And I live in a body. Yeah, that's what you are. And we've really been targeting the soul last week, and I'm going to target again tonight because it's so important that you understand this aspect or this dimension of your life. Now, Paul said this in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. He says, may your spirit, soul, and body, there, there's the three parts, be preserved, sound and complete, and found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that something? He says, may your spirit, soul, and body be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we learned last week, you are a spirit being, and the real you is on the, un is on the inside, unseen by the natural eye. The real you is on the inside. I cannot see you. All I see is, uh, all I see is your outward man, the house that you live in. And the house that you live in, you got from mom and dad, because everything produces after its own kind. Can I have an amen? Uh, 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 flesh begets flesh, and spirit begets spirit. And uh, Jesus talked about that in the book of John, the third chapter. Um, so he said, your spirit being, now you have a soul, which is also three-dimensional. Uh, it's made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's your soul that functions in, within this natural world. And uh, it, it connects uh, through the five physical senses, which are your taste, touch, sight, smell, and hearing. Okay? Finally, you are housed in a body, or we call it an earth suit, made of clay and water. Now listen to this. I don't want to emphasize this tonight. Uh, I'll comment more in a moment, but listen to this. You are housed in a body, and your house is either sub subservient to the spirit man or to the soulish man. I just want, to, I want you to just hold on to that for a moment. This, this earth suit is either subservient to the spirit of man on the inside or the soulish man on the outside. So hold on to that for a moment. Romans 12, verse 1 through 2. I literally could quote this myself. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Say living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. Uh, not a dying sacrifice, but a living sacrifice. Not an ungodly sacrifice, but a godly sacrifice. That's what he means by living, the life of God. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, verse 2, and be not conformed. We talked about transformation last week. I'm not going to talk about it again. Be not conformed or fashioned to this world or the age or, or, or the behavior or the customs of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind or the renewing, we could say, of your soul. So there were two dimensions of man, listen, that, that were not changed when you got saved inwardly, and that's your soul and your body. That's why he talks about, the, he addresses these two. On the inside, you're made in the image of likeness of God. 
On the outside, you were never changed. I'm the same person. That's why when I first got saved, my friends had a hard time dealing with that because I would come around, Mickey, they called me Mickey, Mickey would go around and party with them and try to share Jesus with them. So externally, I was outside, I was the same, had pretty much the same behaviors, even though I did clean up somewhat. I knew there was a change because I stopped cursing, you know, and God was dealing with me in my life, uh, you know, brand new Christian. But, um, uh, but I, they, couldn't see the, they couldn't see that there was something new on the inside. They just thought maybe I just took something else that made me even more warped, you know. And, um, but praise God. So two dimensions of man uh, do not change. It's the soul and the body. Again, let me say this. The body is the earth suit we spirit beings are housed in, okay? Now, let, me give you, let me give you an example. You're, you purchase a, a home that someone else built and they've lived in, okay? You hire an inspector to come and inspect it. And even though you're not aware of it, there's a lot of things wrong with the house. The roof leaks, the plumbing is shot, the appliances don't work, the, electric, the electrical is bad, the walls are cracked, the ceilings are peeling. And you wouldn't blame the house for the condition it's in. The condition of the house is simply a reflection of the poor stewardship of the owner. Would you agree with me? Amen. You don't blame the house. Uh, the house is simply a reflection of the stewardship uh, within the house. And it's exactly the same way in, in the house you live in, this physical house. While you're in it, you are the steward of it. And if you tend to be more soulish than spiritual, your house will simply become a reflection of the expressions of the soul. This is, this is good stuff. That means, if, and we'll talk about the soul, but, it's, but if you're a soulish man, your body will carry out the soulish behaviors. You'll see the soulish man. Would you agree? Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about, I mean, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, the, just your physical appearance, you know, whether you're big, you know, uh, heavy, thin, tall, short. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the character of the man, the character that you are carrying as a believer, as a Christian. It's the most important thing in your life, something that we all need to work on. So, I'll give you an example. Cain's body didn't get blamed for the murder of his brother. Murder originated in the soul of Cain. Now, I wish that, and I wanted to read this, but I don't have time tonight. Uh, James, write this down, James 4. Okay, let me read just three verses. <laughs> because this so ties in with what we're teaching on it. It'll help you understand. Because this is what it's all about, is coming to the church and, help, and, and be able to understand what, what God is wanting to say to us. Can I have an amen? So James, I, I told uh, Crystal to, I may read there. James 4, now look at here. So what leads to strife Discord and feuds. It sounds like he was from Alabama or something for feuds. Uh, and how do conflicts, quarrels, and fightings originate among you? Do they not arise from your central desires, your soulish desires, that are ever warring in your bodily members? Isn't that good? So he's, he's talking about the very things we're addressing. He goes on, you are jealous and covet, uh, that word covet means lust, uh, for what others have, your desires go unfilled, so you become murderers. What does that mean? To hate is to murder as far as your hearts are concerned. So murder didn't start. No, murder didn't start in the heart of Cain. It started in his soul. And we'll find out next week what that, that actually your spirit is a manufacturing center that manufactures everything that you meditate on. But it started in the soul. You burn with envy and anger, not able to uh, obtain their gratification, the contentment 
and the happiness that you seek. So you fight in war. You don't have because you do not ask. Now I'm going to skip down to verse 4. You are like unfaithful wives having illicit love affairs with the world and breaking your marriage covenant with God. Do you not know that being the world's friend is being God's enemy? So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world, whoever chooses, whoever longs as a Christian to be world-like in your, in your life, to, to be more soulish ruled than spirit ruled, you become an enemy of God. That's what he's talking about there. He says it takes his stand as an enemy of God. Okay? Now verse 7, just drop down to there, Crystal, if you can. So be subject to God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. He said, subject yourself to God, and you won't be warring in the flesh. That's what he's saying there. You won't be, you won't be behaving like you behaved before you were saved. That's what he's trying to get across here. Okay? So come close to God, he said, and he'll come close to you. Recognize that you are sinners. He's talking to the church, not talking to the world. Recognize you're a sinner. Get your soul and hands clean. Realize that you have been disloyal. Wavering individuals with divided interests and purify your, heart, purify your hearts of your spiritual adultery. I'll stop there. So you can see, I just wanted to show you that, again, warfare originated in the soul of Cain. His body, it's kind of like this. I can use this body to hug Randy, or I can use my body to slug him in the face. But my body won't be blamed for either one. Right? It's just your character coming out. So I just wanted to show you. So the body is just simply the instrument to which your spirit expresses the nature of God or your soul expresses the nature of man. God, this is good stuff. So I get blessed. I get blessed when God just simply teaches all of us. It's just a wonderful thing. Hallelujah. So, all of life's temptations, including every battle that we face, um, every battle of offense, envy, jealousy, strife, anger, unforgiveness, including every um, sensual battle, it all originates in the soul, which is why Paul says the soul needs renewing. It needs, it needs renewing. The word, the word renew in the Greek, it's the word renovate. Tim is a... Uh, construction guy. He's done tons of construction through his life. Maybe some of you have. We have, actually, bought houses and had to start digging into them. And this, isn't it something, Tim? You think, okay, I'm going to remodel. It's not that big a deal. And you start digging into the layers of dysfunction, the layers that they hid with, with cardboard and, and all sorts of stuff, you know, and you got to tear it all. You got to get everything out of it. And in fact, it's worse than you thought. And I'm telling you, we're living in days that the church is bringing in believers, uh, new, new believers, that they are carrying so much baggage. It is no longer, I stole a piece of bubble gum at the grocery store. So it's a lot more challenging. Yet, aren't you glad God can change us? I'm just saying it's more, we're more soulish than I'm okay. It's always, it's always been a challenge, but it's more. When we came out of World War II, let me just say this. When we came out of World War II, we lost so many Americans. We lost so many men. That's why that's what's called the baby boomers, you know. Men came back from war, and women were excited to see their men, and boom, here we are. <laughs> baby boomers. Anyway, but when they, we came, when they came back, they had this, this, this tenderness towards God, this value for life. You know what I'm saying? 
And, 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 and all of a sudden, you know, a few years later, we begin to slowly move away from God. Why? Because we're, we're blessed. We're Americans. You know, we got, you got everything good. You know, all of a sudden, slowly but surely, we're being, inoc- we're being inoculated by the, by, the, by the hand of greed. And all of a sudden, we're moving farther away from God and, and beginning to act like we used to act or before we were saved. So I'm just saying that's the, that's the soulish part of man. Now, watch this. So the word renew means to renovate. When I read that, I thought about what God said to Israel in the book of Isaiah through the prophet Isaiah. Here's what he said. Seek the Lord. This is God talking. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Now let the wicked, now he's addressing Israel. He's not talking about the wicked, you know, uh, Sodomites or the wicked, you know, others. He was talking about Israel. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord, and God will have mercy on him. To our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. Say it like you mean it. For my thoughts, God says, are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways his ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So God, there are higher thoughts Listen, there are higher thoughts that you can attain to through the scriptures that will, that will create blessing in your life, create faith in your life, create strength in your life, can I have an amen, than the thoughts of this world that we're surrounded by on a daily basis. I'll give you an example. Every spring, I never sort these things down, every spring my asthma acts, my asthma, I've, it's mine. You should never take ownership for anything. That's a curse. My asthma acts up, and I expect, I, 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 I expect I'll be no different this spring. And so my question to you, do you think God would say that? No, God wouldn't say that, would he? Would he? No, he wouldn't. So what is speaking? An unrenewed mind. A mind that hasn't been renewed by the word of God. Just because, not that the person's bad, he just doesn't know how important or how devastation his confession can be. Can I have an amen? Or, oh, every year at this time I catch a cold, so I'm sure it'll be no different this year. And all of a sudden, God doesn't talk like that. So what, what, are, you, what, what are you talking out of? You're talking out of an unrenewed mind. Not that you're bad, not that you're evil. It's just that you don't realize that, as, as Proverbs says, you're being snared by the words of your mouth. Isn't that good? Or you can say this, because it's true in my case. Uh, my dad didn't mount too much. My grandpa didn't mount too much. My great-grandfather didn't mount too much. So I suppose I have the same thing. I won't mount too much. And all of a sudden you realize that you are seeding soulish uh, expressions that were handed down to you. And all of a sudden you're walking out generational curses that you never ever wanted to harvest in your life. Just because, again, not because, remember what God said in Hosea 4, 6 about Israel? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. He didn't, you know, he, he, he loved them, but he realized that, and what, listen, they didn't, they didn't lack knowledge, they lacked the right knowledge. They had knowledge, but it was the wrong kind, okay? Now, in Ephesians 4, if you want to turn there, in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the Apostle Paul addresses this thing about being renewed in your mind. And this is one of the phrases in the King James. He says in verse 23, be renewed or renovated in the spirit of your mind. Or there's some things that are going to have to be 
gotten out and replaced with other things. The lower thoughts of man replaced with the higher thoughts of God. Everybody say amen to that. Now good, isn't it? So let's read this. Ephesians 4. Now, what's interesting, again, when you study scripture, study around it. Just don't try to pick a verse out. You can study around it, see what the Spirit of God is actually saying. So let's look at verse 17. This is the King James. Now this I say, therefore, and testify unto the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as the other, or the other Gentiles walk in the vanity, or uh, that word vanity, in the darkness of their mind. The deprivation is actually what it means. In the deprivation of their mind. Now, he, now we can, but he's telling us not to. Okay? Then it goes on, says this. Um, Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, watch this, through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. I don't want a blind heart. I want a heart that sees the thoughts of God, that understands the thoughts of God. Come on, everybody say amen to that. It goes on and says this. Who, being past feeling, or actually means being calloused, being spiritually hard, that's what the word is, okay, uh, given themselves over unto lasciviousness or sexual depravity, immorality, that's what he's talking about there, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Oh, but you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Look at here, verse 22. That you put off concerning the former conversation or lifestyle, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and, the Bible says, be renewed or renovated in the spirit of your mind, verse 24, and that you put on. So there's things we have to put off, and there's things that we have to put on. And it's something that you do every day of your life. It's something that you, see, you have to steward, you have to steward your soul and your body. I'm talking about you as a spirit man. You have to be in charge. Do you understand that? If you have your soul in charge, then your spirit's not going to be able to express the character and the attributes of God if your soul is in charge. And again, your body will simply follow whoever is in charge. Are you understanding me tonight? Good. Watch this. So, that you put on the new man, which after God, watch this, is created in righteousness and true holiness. Hallelujah. So again, Paul is telling us, as Christians, there's things we have to put on, and there's things that we have to put off. Now, Paul provides a list of behaviors that we have to address and put off in our lives. Amen. Honestly, answer me. With an uplifting, I'd just like to know, how many here have, since you've been a Christian, there are times you've acted like the devil, not like God? And I'll put up both hands. All right, so we know that there is something in our members that's resisting against the nature of God on the inside. Is that right? Okay. So, see, I want all of us to know, especially the young kids, that, you know, you know you're trying to get your true identity. Where you, your true identity is found in Christ. It's not found in mom and dad. It's not found in your friends at school. It's found in Christ. I mean, it is. Now, if you catch that early, like we did at the age of 20 years old, here at 18, you catch that early enough, then you can avoid all the stinking heartaches that we had to address and walk through because of the choices we made. 
But when you're young, you have to deal with pride. You have to, be with re- you have to deal with rebellion when you're young because it's, it's, it's in that Adamic nature. And if you yield to that, well, then you have to walk out the hell that you're going to go through. You just have to walk it out. Or you can humble yourself, get broken before God, say, God, I'm a young uh, woman, I'm a young man, and, and I, cannot, I cannot walk life out without your help. Sir, I need your help. I yield my life to you, and bam, God takes over from there. <laughs> All right, so let's look at some of these behaviors. This is the middle of the translation. We'll, we'll just cover a few things here, and we'll be done. Are you enjoying this so far? So let's look at some of the behaviors. Verse 21, this is the New Living Translation. It'll, it'll help you. Now, since you have heard all about him, now, my translation is a little different than this. I, I, I'm not, there's a New Living Translation 1, there's a New Living Translation 2. I don't know why they just didn't keep one. Anyway, since you have heard all about him and have learned the truth that is in Jesus, watch this, throw off. Is that what it says up there? Uh, throw off your, I'll just read that, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Go on. Instead, let the Holy Spirit renew, renovate your thoughts and attitudes. With what? God's higher thoughts. Okay, let's go on. Now put on, ah, put on. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies, let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. Now, I'm not going to ask for a uh, raise of hands. I'm telling you, the church has a problem with lying. Okay, we'll move on. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So do you see all the behavior so far of the Adamic nature? Go, Go on. Do we have any more? Okay. Since then, we do not have the excuse of ignorance. Uh, ignorance. Everything. I do mean everything connected with that old way of life has to go. It's rotten through and through. So get rid of it and then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life. This is the Message Bible, right? Um, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. Is that awesome or what? Man, it's the thing. I mean, some of these translations really are good. And this is one of them right there on the Message Bible. Verse 29. Don't, that means you, you, you have to make the choice. Don't use foul or abusive, I'll go back to my charts. I'm no, I'll just, just, I'll read mine. Don't use foul or abusive language. You mean Christians do? Well, of course. But he says, don't do that. Because the more you do that, the more carnal, carnality you'll cultivate in your life, and the more this Adamic nature will rule your life. So don't do that. How many believe that God graces you for what he tells you to do and not to do? This is, has, listen, we don't live by a law of regulation. We live by the law of revelation. Meaning God reveals this to you so you're inspired to do it. He's, he's not trying to bend your arm and make your life so miserable that you finally, okay, 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 I give up, I give up. He doesn't, want, he doesn't do that. Okay. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he's the one who has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So get rid of. If you got to get rid of something, that means you still have it. 
You got to get rid of it. He said, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And again, study Jesus' life. I just love the stories. I love the stories in the Bible where he talks about forgiveness. He talks about, I mean, if you've ever known the greatness of forgiveness, you would never be, you would never want to not forgive people. He that loves much has been forgiven of much. And that doesn't mean you've sinned much, it just simply means you recognize just how wonderful God has been to you. Isn't he wonderful? Let's go on. So, chapter five. Now again, there's, just, there's no chapters. From four to five, it's just simply a thought continues. So Paul continues. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love. Filled with love. Following the example of Christ. Now he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, no impurity or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. So don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. So don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. And carefully determine what pleases the Lord. I mean that. Don't live your Christian life for me or don't live it for your family. You live it for God. So when you live it for God, he literally, I'll close with a scripture that'll help you here. But this this is called that relational connection between you and God. In your life on a daily basis, you you say to Father, Father, I'm gonna please you in everything I say and everything I do, so please help me. And now you're connecting with him. You're not saying, boy, I sure hope I have a good day, so, you know, you know, nobody, you know so people hopefully you know, might see God in me. No, you, you, your connection has to be between you and God. How many here, you have God as your father? Well, then praise God. Stay connected to him, <clears throat> to what, he, what pleases him. Well, how do you know what pleases God? You go to the Bible and find out. Okay, so take, verse 11, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, Instead, expose them. Well, how do you expose them? By your life lifestyle. It is shameful even to talk for, uh, about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. Now, that's wonderful if you're walking in the light. But it's not so good if you're walking in the dark. Because if you're walking in the dark, it's like, in the dark and it gets exposed, it's, 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 not, it's a very humbling thing. You all agree with me on that? <clears throat> what am I trying to say? What I'm simply trying to say is, if you need to see people walking in the dark, pray for them. 
Because the fact that if you pray for them, the light of God's glory will shine on them to convict them, to show them, to show them where they're at so that they at least can have a chance to respond to God. Never pray that someone gets, I hope they get what they deserve. Because that's not the attitude of God. Always remember, and it's hard sometimes, but God loves sinners. <laughs> he loves, he loves sinners. <laughs> well, you shall be, y'all should be hooting and hollering because he loved you, hallelujah. <laughs> well, he ain't talking about me, y'all. I'm talking about you. <laughs> this is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine. We read that, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Hallelujah. So now we know, and we'll talk about it again next week. Now we know there are things that we as Christians must put off and things we must put on. And as you study the word, you'll discover the difference, and you'll recognize the difference because you are familiar with both. Amen. Amen. And then, then as you practice this, all of a sudden, God's spirit begins, not only, he's not only working in you and working through you, but he's working for you. Hallelujah. And if God is on our side, who can be against us? Can I have an amen? That's why these things are important for your life. I mean, I hope, I hope this helps you. Now, I'll close with Philippians 4, okay? And as I'm closing, just simply say this. Let me say this because it's important. The spiritual journey that you are on is a journey that will, that will be ongoing till you take your last breath. And I just want you to know, spiritual growth is a process. Now, of course, we can... We can be Christians for 30 years and still be babies, and that's not what God wants from you. On the other hand, and, I, and I've showed this, told this before, but I want you to understand this. When God reveals a truth to you, it's not to give you a tickle in your flesh. It's to let you realize that now that is something I'm holding you accountable for to walk out in your life. That's why if you go to a church that don't teach the Bible, you can be very comfortable because then you're not responsible for anything. But then again, you won't have a foundation uh, for a victorious life. Can I have an amen? amen? And so, but when God showed you something, now you, you, you say in your heart, okay, God, thank you for revealing that truth to me and help me to walk that out in my life. Okay? I said amen. So don't get discouraged and don't lose heart when you mess up and blow it. Just repent before God and pick yourself up and keep going. Praise the Lord. Because God will grace you for what he's called you to do. Now, Philippians 4. This is it. Now be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Uh, the two words that were so interesting was prayer and supplication. You think, what does that mean, prayer and supplication? Well, the word prayer actually is the word worship. That's the relational side between you and God. He goes, he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, or by worshiping your Father in heaven, and supplication, that means petitions and requests. Isn't that good? So 
there's the difference. First, it's the relational side. First, you come to God with worship. Ah, and what else? Thanksgiving. And you praise him for his goodness. You praise him for his love. You praise him for his blood. You praise him for his word. You praise him for strength. You praise him for peace. You praise him for wisdom. Hallelujah. I mean, you praise him for his spirit. Just praise the Lord for his goodness. Amen? Amen. Then bring your petitions and requests to him. Do you know why? Because he wants you to. He wants to show you just how good he is. He wants to show you his goodness. How many here are fathers? Raise your hand. I know we just have Mother's Day. We'll have Father's Day. Do you not want the best for your children? And don't you expect some responsibility out of them and so, some love and obedience and, and honor from them? But all that produces your kindness towards them. Is that right? Amen. As fathers, you're, you, just want, you just want to bless them. Hallelujah. How much more the Father in heaven? God is for us. He isn't against us. So be anxious for nothing. But in everything but prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now finally, brethren, this is what I'm to come with. Because, well, I'm going to pray tonight over your minds. Because I'm telling you, man, every kind of warfare, difficulty, challenge, temptation originates in your soul. Fear originates in your soul. Faith originates in your spirit. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He goes on, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just and pure and lovely and of a good report, if there's any virtue, that word virtue means moral excellence. If there, if there be any moral excellence, if, there, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Uh, the things which you learned and received, heard, and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, please let me close with the message, because it, it's really cool. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. And let your petitions uh, and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say, you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise and not things to curse. Oh, that's good. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm having fun. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Why don't you stand for a moment? We'll stretch and, and, uh, for a moment. Uh, sitting uh, kind of just displays to me kind of fleshly laziness, so stand up. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. When the president walks into the Oval Office, people stand up. Uh, uh, we're not to be... More respectful and honorable to our God. Can I have an amen? Why don't you close your eyes and lift your hands and give. Just thank him right now. And ask him tonight to whatever we shared. Go back and listen to it again. And just ask him to give you greater insight in what we shared tonight. Regarding the difference between your soul and your spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you God. Thank you God. Thank you. Hallelujah. We bless you. We praise you. 
You know, when Peter got out of the boat to go to Jesus, when Jesus was walking on the water, and he said, he said Peter said, if it's you, sir, uh, ask me to come. And Jesus, well, it's me, come. And so he stepped out of the boat, and he walked on the water to go to Jesus, the Bible says. And the Bible says, but when he saw the winds, and we talked about this, the Bible says that faith began to move out, and fear began to move in. But guess what? It wasn't in his heart. It was in his soul. When he began to focus his mind on, can you, I mean, I can't believe, I, I'm sure people say, I can't believe this, I'm walking on water. <laughs> Get it? I can't believe this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was. But we'd probably do the same thing. But the soul is where it was the, the attack was. And I know tonight, I know personally that some of you are really going through some things in your mind because of some issues that have been come, come up in your life. Uh, and I just, I just want you to know that um, it, when your mind begins to race, you tell it to shut up. Amen. You, you do. I mean, you have authority over your soul. because not, When I say you, I'm talking about your spirit. You are spirit. Say, I'm spirit. spirit. Say, I am, I am the spirit. So, yeah, I just want you know, to help to identify yourself. So, man, when those, when those thoughts are racing in your mind, what are you going to do? How we, you know, God, listen, please listen. I shared this with others. We've been through some major storms in our life, but when one door closes, another door opens because God is, listen to me, God is, he, did, he didn't get up this morning. He don't get up, but he didn't say, oh, oh, my God, oh, oh me. He'd say, oh, me. Uh, uh, what's happening? No, he's not surprised. He knows the end from the beginning. So if something does happen, you can be assured that he's already prepared you because you are his son, you are his daughter, and everything's going to be okay, praise the Lord. You just trust in him. I said you trust in him. Now lift your hands and give him praise for that. Thank you, God. Now I want you to lay one hand on your head, if you would please, and keep one hand up. Father, tonight we just pray over these minds. And Lord God of heaven, I declare in the realm of the spirit right now, peace be still in Jesus' name. God, I give you so much praise that all the shaking, we talked about it tonight, all the things going on, God, in the world, I praise you that, God, you know the end from the beginning, and you promised that you would always take care of us. You said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we could boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Come on, everybody say it out loud. The Lord is my helper. Say it again. The Lord is my helper. Say it again. The Lord is my helper. Now give him praise. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. And, Father, I speak peace to each and every one tonight. And Father, thank you for the insight you've given us that we can be secure on the inside. We can be anchored on the inside. We can be assured that you are still working, God. Your plan in us, through us, and for us. And we give you praise, God. So tonight, God, we trust you. Say, I trust you, Lord. God, we trust you with our lives. We trust you with our families. We trust you with our businesses, God. And I give you praise, hallelujah. God, if, I, I'm confident, Father, that the next door you open will be greater than the door that closed, hallelujah. And Father, I give you praise for that. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name. And everyone say amen. amen. Now give God a good shout of praise, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.